the startup growth model that helped Design Pico get to 90,000 monthly recurring revenue with Ross Perry, episode 66. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, amigos? Welcome back to the Rebel Growth Podcast. Today's guest is Ross Perry from designpickle.com. You might know him from his videos where he's dressed as a pickle, talking about why graphic design and branding is important. Really hilarious. Ross is, like I said, the founder of designpickle.com, a graphic design company that grew has grown to 90,000 monthly recurring revenue. We're going to discuss Ross's growth strategy early on, which is more like throwing a bunch of spaghetti in the wall, picking what works, and doubling down on it. We're going to talk about all of the different things that Ross tried when he was launching Design Pickle, what worked for him, and how he used that strategy to scale and grow the company early on. We're going to talk about the model, the business model and pricing model that Ross uses for Design Pickle and why it has helped the company grow so much and differentiate itself from the millions of other graphic design services that are out there. So listen closely. This is a value-packed interview. If you're launching a startup, this is ideal for you right now. So take a lot of notes. And without any further ado, let's jump right into our conversation with Ross now. So Ross Perry, the pickle man, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to have you. So why don't we start by telling people about your pickle custom? Now, let's let's save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> let's save that for, for later. Um, why don't you start by telling me how it is that you came to be where you are right now? You don't have to tell me your high school story or any of that <laughs> part. Yes, you know, the business part. <laughs> well... I'll give you two major milestones that took me to where I'm at today. The first was rewind to 2005, bit of a, a bit of a back in time, and I was working with Apple, and I had just had my first daughter, who's now turning 11 soon. So, uh, she, and I was struggling with the emotional conflict of my, loving my job at Apple, which was a fun, cool job. But yet having to take time off, like request permission to spend time with my daughter who was a newborn. So this what this did is it basically kind of planted the entrepreneurial seed inside of me. And I, I soon after that created my first business, which was a creative kind of a generic marketing agency, if you will. So that was you know, step number one, kind of becoming a becoming an entrepreneur. And then step number two was was at the end of that career, which was in 2014, I had been doing um, marketing and advertising and branding for eight and a half years or so, round up to nine. And I realized a second big realization, and that was I hated the business model that I was in. I enjoyed 
creativity in the in the industry of design but the way we were selling it and delivering it was garbage and it was frankly i felt like a used car salesman so i decided to close that i didn't really know what i was going to do and um took some time off consulted and lo and behold during that time just a lot of self-study and reflection hiring some coaches the idea of design pickle emerged as an answer of something I could create and do that was a better model, but still within the the industry that I had a lot of experience in. What was the business model of your original business? You know, it was a strictly like fee for services creative agency. We would work with anyone from a startup to a big Fortune 500 company, and we were basically selling ideas. So you would come to me and you'd say, okay, Russ, I have this new product and we want to launch it at this trade show. So we would come back to you and say, okay, here's how you're going to do that. You're going to have these cool ideas at the the trade show booth, and here's how it's going to look visually, and here's a promotion you can do, and here's a landing pages and websites and email campaigns. So I'd sell these grandiose concepts to our clients, you know, wholeheartedly thinking that these were the right ideas for them and based off of previous previous experiences. But when it came down to the implementation of them and them truly proving to be effective and making an impact for our clients, it was always gray and like things didn't work out and, you know, budgets would go too far and clients would get angry and frustrated, you know, so I just felt like I was sort of, it was like a, like a magician, like here's this cool thing. And then when we really got down to it, Things didn't ever work out as expected. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it was a huge, um, a huge revenue type of business with very little profit too. And that's another thing that like made me decide to leave that industry was we just weren't making any money. Right. Uh, I know what you mean. You were providing services that were too broad yeah. for, uh, for each of your clients. Yeah, we weren't special. We were generalists. You know, mm -hmm. we were we would do anything for everybody. If you wanted to hire us and pay us, want to develop an app? Sure. Need a video created? Absolutely. And so we could never really become experts at anything. And I think that led to the ultimate demise of the the business, where most of our profits were eaten up in, um, you know, fixing errors, trying to you know things taking too long, and us having a lot more costs to to the things we were creating than expected. Uh, where's that company right now? You know, we just closed it. So in in August of 2014, I had a partner, two partners, husband and wife team in Argentina. And that's where all of our design and creativity was done. I was in Arizona, focused on the sales and account management. I called my partner up. He kind of knew the writing was on the wall and decided that we, um, you know, we're just going to go our separate ways. So in a swift business transaction that took no less than about two weeks. He got the clients. I got out of some debts that we had, just some accounts payables. And then on September 1st, 2014, I was uh, unemployed with no job and <laughs> had no idea what I was going to do. So you didn't know you were going to launch Design Pickle before you closed your previous agency? No way. Actually, Design Pickle emerged about two and a half months later after I had built up a little bit of a consulting book of clients, which really was the same as agency stuff, just on a smaller scale. I was helping people with with whatever they needed. And there was just a lot of production design with these gigs. So here I was in in August with a full time, like tons of full-time designers that were at my disposal. And now I had nobody. So I created a little micro 
version of Design Pickle to, to satisfy my own design needs that allowed clients to easily request design stuff and then be implemented fairly automated. It's not as smooth as it is now, but, but that was the bones of the company that was really to scratch my own itch. Uh, I then since read a great book by a guy named Dan Norris, founder of WP Curve, called The Seven Day Startup. And I realized at that point that I had built a model similar to his, but around the the, the design space that I could that I then decided to, to brand and sell. Okay, um, let's let's explain what the model is and uh, the core. I mean, what's what's the whole core, the whole idea be- behind Design Pickle, so that people yeah. you know understand what we're talking about. So that's awesome. In fact, I don't think anyone's ever asked that question as clear as directly. The 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 core capitalizes on a, a, a kind of a major issue that current models of graphic design services tend to, to avoid. So here's, let me explain what I mean by that. It's kind of a complicated answer. Current, if you think about the current ways you can get help with graphic design, you can hire a freelancer, you can hire an agency, you can hire someone within your own company. Um, you can go onto the marketplaces like a Upwork or 99designs or Fiverr and find somebody. But the problem is, is that all of those models have particular drawbacks when it comes to a specific kind of design that we really focus on, and that's the day-to-day design. So the the, the smaller design jobs that aren't like rebranding a company, it's not a, like a whole website. It's a Facebook ad or a brochure update or some some flyers for an event you're going to. It's these smaller jobs uh, that I saw none of the models out there were doing very well, and the ones that did them were doing them very reluctantly or charging a ton of money for it. Mm-hmm. So you'd be paying like $75, $100 an hour for Facebook ads, and the only reason, it's not like the designer's trying to rob you, it's just that they can't run a business, they can't feed their own families if they charged the actual amount of time that it took them to do these things. So they have to charge these inflated rates. So I saw that gap and I said, hey, look, let's try to figure out a model to fill that need. And so out of that was Design Pickle and it's a flat rate graphic design company, meaning you just pay one price every month. So it's subscription-based, but it's just month-to-month subscriptions. At the time of this podcast, it's $370 a month. And you can use us as much as you want for those, those straightforward kind of design jobs. We're not going to replace the freelancer. Like I never try to say, like, hey, fire your freelancer and hire Design Pickle. But you use that for some tasks, and then you, you can use us for the tasks that we're the best at. What are the kind of tasks that you perform the the most? Oh man, I mean we're we're cranking in terms of vault. We do like thousands of requests a month, so it's hard to keep track of it all. But uh, I think a lot of digital content is where what I see the coming through the most. It that could be like a Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. It could be updates to the website, like featured like, images. Yeah, blog Banners. images mm-hmm. exactly. But then again, like we have a huge pool of clients doing t-shirt designs we have a huge pool of clients doing um you know like they have a whole catalog of of marketing materials they need updated because they got a new logo or they you know changed their branding slightly so you know i've seen it all it's been crazy like it's been fun too we've seen a lot of like really weird cool businesses as well 
I mean, uh, I would guess logos are what you get the most, but... Um, so you're guessing correctly, uh, because logos is, is a subset. I don't want to get too granular about like the definitions of design, but original logos really is branding. And branding is a very specific skill set that to do yes. successfully. Yeah. So we actually refer out anyone who needs a logo. We, we send them to other providers. However, once that's done, we'll happily take your shiny new brand and your new logo and, you know, do a facelift on all the stuff that you currently have to make it to make it new or to update it. And that's a problem that I see with a lot of designers and design companies is that most of them are not branding minded. You know uh, what I mean? Because let, let's say you're not marketing savvy, right? And you want to get a logo done, a website done, uh, whatever, a Facebook cover page done. You, you know you have to do it, but you don't, you don't know how to do it. You don't know with what purpose to do it. What colors are you going to use? Why are you going to use that colors? What type of words or fonts are you going to use? And why are you going to use those fonts? And, you know, everything behind, behind the design, it has a purpose, right? Yeah. But if you're not marketing savvy and you're just trying to start a business, you and you contact a company that is not brand, branding-minded, you're probably going to get some, you know, crappy results. Uh, you're gonna, <laughs> not going to get what you should get, uh, you know, to, to make the most out of your designs, out of your brand, right? Maybe you get yeah. you, you get a pink design for, I don't know, an audience that has wants nothing to do with color pink or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and, the, and branding, so let me, I want to go into Soapbox for a second about branding because I think this is a really, really important topic for anybody. And in fact, the majority of the work we did with my agency was around branding. I did like two, quarter of a million dollar branding project. So it wasn't just a logo. It was like everything, re redesigning an entire company. Right. So branding is a lot like, I don't know. It's a lot like, I'm going to go on a whim on an, an analogy. I've never used this analogy before, so I'm sorry if it, it, it fails or it's not good. Go ahead. Branding's a lot like hiring employees. Like initially, you just need something. You know, you just need a body. You just need a virtual assistant. But as your company grows and matures, the needs change. And so the mistakes I see people make is, is no brand. So first of all, they don't think about it at all. And then they're just flying blind and they don't think about how their company is perceived or the professionalism of the company. They're trying to do things themselves or or they just, you know, copied a logo off of 99 designs. But then there's there's the the opposite problem where they, they think about it too much and they overinvest in it. And and the reality is your brand is to invoke an emotional reaction to your target audience and your customers to help you grow and sell. But that could change over time. So if you overinvest into it, you may find that six months later, that cool brand that you thought was so awesome is completely irrelevant. So you need to, it's like branding is like a hiring, it's like hiring because like the, the initial employees you have with any business won't be the employees you have in a year or two years from now because they won't fit the needs of your business because it's a completely different organization. So the, the thing is a balancing act and there's no right answer. But the, the way to succeed is to always be revising your brand, right. always be updating it, always be thinking about, hey, how is this being perceived in the marketplace and what can I do to improve it? 
And, you know, we, even with our own company, I just, you know, pushed out a new update to our homepage. The reason was for branding. It was to be more straightforward, to be more personable. And and that was a branding decision, not necessarily a vanity or aesthetic decision. So um, how many employees do you have? Right now, we we have, I think at the current count is 19 full-time staff in the Philippines. That's our production team. So they do all the design, the account management. Um, We have one customer service guy there. And then we have just me and one other person here in Arizona. And we'll be hiring another person here within the next 60 days uh, here in Arizona to be more on the account management, like client service side. So So over, over about 20, I'd say is a good good estimate so with a uh with a business model like yours and with the prices that you provide i'm guessing hiring the right people in the right place is crucial exactly because think about what i said earlier around like so a designer in the united states with the cost of living and just the sheer expenses they have to maintain no one could run a sustainable business and live charging what we charge and being like a production design company. They have to charge higher rates to even make ends meet. Whereas we can we can work with an international design team, whereas we actually pay at the high-end scale uh, for average wages in the Philippines, not to mention we have a he- an awesome culture. It's just like a we have people coming to work for us because it's like a great environment. So we're able to provide and create really great jobs, but you know, obviously internationally that allow us then to run this business model in a much co- more cost-effective nature. But the other side to it cuz it's not just hiring, you know, labor that's that's costless. Uh, we have a ton of software and backend systems that cut out a lot of the process management that a designer or an agency or a freelancer normally has to do. So that also increases our efficiency, which also allows us to keep our, our rates really low and cost effective. And how do you find the right employees, the right people to hire? You got to start with culture. So we have a very clear mission statement, which is to be the most helpful graphic design company in the world. We have very clear values, which is to be helpful, smart working, um, sorry, friendly. (laughs) I can't remember my values. Friendly, (laughs) smart working, uh, service oriented, and straightforward. So we hire to the to those values, and we hold people accountable to that mission. You, if you're just a good designer. You don't get a job at Design Pickle. You have to uphold that that those cultural values, and in turn, you know it's made it more difficult to hire because it takes a lot longer to find the right people. But on the flip side, I just got back from the Philippines a few weeks ago. I met everyone for the first time. Our culture is awesome. Like everyone's super cool and and really dedicated to the mission of our company. And um, how do you? I mean, how do designers find you on and? On- and apply to get a job um, design people. You know, we we have just local efforts of recruitment going oh, okay. on. You're just reaching out into the, you know, I have a I have a part of the team in the Philippines is like operations. So I have, you know, managers and people that are in charge of recruitment. And who was the very first person that you placed in the Philippines? So it was our operations director, a guy named Carlo, who I actually I hired 
to help me with my consulting work. So I hired him to help me with consulting and and he was more like a VA sort of for me, virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, you know, I, I when I came up with the idea of Design Pickle, I actually kind of pitched it to him. I was like, hey, do you, I have this idea. Do you think you want to help me out with this? And he's like, sure, let's try it. So now he's like, he's head of director of operations and running the whole show out there. Well, that, that was, I mean, that's a good, a good find to have uh, someone that can help you with scaling, yeah. you know, well, and, and running the business. And I think that's that's been the game changer for us is we've built a team and we really train and empower our team. So we've we've been able to achieve a much different scale in a very short amount of time than other other people attempting to do what we're doing in this space or or that have been doing it for a while. And it's simply because we focused we focused on building a business, not just creating a nice revenue stream. Okay, so let's jump into the marketing part of the interview and uh, the growth part of the interview. How how does your growth looks like on uh, since you launched? How long has it been since you launched? Fifteen months. Yeah, yeah, about fifteen. So we launched January of two thousand and fifteen. So we've been going for for now uh, about fifteen months or so, and. It's been awesome. I mean, we've we've scaled from nothing to now we're at ninety thousand dollars in recurring revenue, um, which is you know well over a million dollar run rate. We have we've helped over a thousand clients now. A lot of them don't use our service anymore. They you know churn and we, the happy cancellations. People who just don't need our services, they're moving on. But that growth rate, I think, has just been a testament to the demand that's out there for you know, a new way to get the graphic design content that we create. Beautiful. I love those numbers. It's inspiring. And I'm sure a lot of people listening right now feels, you know, that that fire that such growth rate, you know, evokes. <laughs> to put it yeah. Um, well, it started super small, but, you know, the, the trick for me was just do better every month, like move the needle every single month. And months one and two, you don't feel like you're going very far. But then when you have 12 months and then now 15 months and so on and so forth, you end up building something pretty significant. Now, here's my signature signature question. When you launched, um, do you know who your ideal customer was? <laughs> it was anyone I had an email address for. So mm-hmm. I like... I got every every past list I could find. I exported my LinkedIn database, which you could do, and like I was just I was I even got blocked by Gmail for a while because I was spamming <laughs> people too much and emailing them. But you know I didn't know. But for me, it was just the shotgun approach: try anything and everything and see what sticks. And 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 the, and and I had to iterate. I had to look then. Okay, who signed up? Who was the happiest? Who was the easiest? Who was the most successful? And then month two, we asked the same question. Month three, we asked the same question. And so we we evolved multiple times and we're still evolving of who our, our target audience is as we evolve as a company. Um, so, but it was never it was never crystal clear. And I think you can't get paralyzed trying to answer that question. You just gotta mm-hmm. get something out there and, yeah. and test it. Actually, I watched a video from Fizzle. Have you heard of Fizzle? I haven't, no. You haven't heard of Fizzle.co? Well, anyway, um, I'll, I'll send a link 
to you later. I'll also post it on, on the show notes. Uh, the video was about, uh, you know, the advice that you see everywhere, which is just launch, right? You see <laughs> literally everywhere. That's the advice everyone yeah. gets. Just launch, just launch. So the video was about going deeper into this advice and on uh, underlining three different points on how to go deeper into this advice. You know, I'm not going to tell you the three points so that people go and watch the video. It's re really good. It's really good. Um, but what, I, what I'm getting at with this is that, yes, just launch, but don't get frustrated because you launched and, and are not seeing the results right away. Right? Yeah. You know, you just hustle and well, get at it. Well, we... So, so to, to put data, when we launched, to, to date, our biggest month of cancellations was the like not just percentage wise, like the actual numerical amount of cancellations was the second month we were in business. So, what that told me was like, yeah, while I was able to convince a bunch of people to sign up, you know, family, friends, colleagues, people in my network they did not see enough value in our service to stay to stick this to stay with it and continue on so then we looked at okay of the people that did stay and of the people who are paying for month 2 and then month 3 what are the commonalities around them and then we you know try to find more of those folks so that's the that's the process that we're always going through right and do you know who your ideal customer is today yeah, and it's it's a very it's an abstract answer, but I, I it, it makes sense to us. So it's no one industry, it's no one role or person. But the the qualifying factors that we try to look for is first of all, it's a person who who usually is doing or creating or getting this design content themselves. So we solve a very specific problem and a pain point. For someone to value the service, the person that signs up needs to be the person that has that pain. If it's like a CEO signing their 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 marketer up for it or a friend, you know, like if you're if you're not having the pain specifically, then then you're not going to be a good fit because you're just not going to value the service. Um, so that's one factor. The other factor, really, that we like to see are are. Are, are younger entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs that are growing. So company, whether that's a solo entrepreneur, like an online business, a, um, a, a startup, um, a product-based business, a service-based business, some, something that where you're growing and you're like, man, now I need more help. I've been kind of doing this all on my own. And then we can come in and basically expand your team and be a designer on your team, but with a much different model than just trying to find and hire somebody. So those are the, those are the main ones that we look at and we try to market to with like our copy and our content and the content we're putting out there in other ways. Yeah. But you only, you only found that out after, you know, a lot of time working and figuring out who your, your ideal customer oh, yeah. is. Yeah. That's like the fourth version of our ideal customer. So <laughs> first I thought it was entrepreneur. I thought it was just like straight up business owners. But then I realized a lot of business owners were signing up for a service, but they weren't the ones that, that were actually doing the design stuff. So it was pointless. Then I thought it was in-house marketers. So people at, who had a job that, that was in the marketing role, they were not entrepreneurs. They were not business owners. They were just employees in the marketing space. While we were very successful when we find those folks, what I found it was impossible to reach them because they're not like 
they're not reading marketing blogs at work. They're reading blogs about dogs or sailing when they're at work. They're 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 thinking about how they're escaping their job. They're not trying to like hone their craft. So it was very hard to find and connect with them. So now we've then evolved to the 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 kind of personas that I just shared with you. And even those I'm not satisfied with. I want to get deeper and deeper and deeper with that as we go. It's it's a fun journey finding your ideal mm-hmm. customer you know always mm-hmm. looking at seg- segmenting who is working and like combining new characteristics into that person to keep going deeper and you know narrowing down it's definitely a fun, a fun part yeah now i do have a couple of verticals that i think we've we've seen time and time again clients really be really love um, first would be like brick and mortar gyms and fitness companies because most of the time the owners and the founders of those are kind of in charge of the marketing and the event flyers and all of that and mm-hmm. so we've helped them um, Christian churches like large Christian churches say over 500 or a thousand people they're starting to market very with a lot of mainstream tactics and so we've we've found ourselves being really popular there and then and then a lot of like coaches and consultants um life coaches business coaches even the back again fitness coaches that are doing things online cuz they're just kind of a one man or woman operation and the the more content they have out there the better so we've really helped them accelerate their content production because we can we can take what they've created and make it look nice and get it out there a lot faster okay let's jump into your marketing strategies. Yeah. Okay, so your first month, you're trying to figure out how you're, you're going to drive customers in, right? Um, what were some of the things that you did and how did you find out and decided on what to do? Yeah, so I had no, no strategy other than how many people, how many influential type people can I get my story to that can help me market my company. So the core of my main launch strategy was through guest blogging. I just reached out to anybody and everybody that I had a connection to and said, hey, I want to launch a service and product. I'd love to do a guest blog for you. Um, the guest blog wasn't like promoting my product. It was a genuine blog post that was relevant to their their niche or whoever I was writing for. But it was featured by Design Pickle and then like a little plug at the end of the blog post. So I, I, I can't remember how many I had. I, I, I want to say it was like a dozen or so people that I ended up doing this for. And it was like, I'll, I would write about anything. Like you're like you, um, you're, you, you run an HR company. Sure. Let me write about human resources and hiring. Sure. What I, why did, you know, things I wasn't even an expert at, I figured out a way. So then I got all these people to kind of coordinate their blog posts around our launch week. Um, so that was one piece. And then like I said, just tons of email and tons of reaching out and tons of here's who we are, here's what we're doing. So that was the, that was the strategy. I mean, there was no paid advertising. There was no, um, there was nothing other than just like hustle and writing and getting getting trying to share a story as far as we could. So when you say ton of just reaching out, were you reaching out to potential customers or were you reaching out to people who were going to share you know your services to potential customers or both 
You know, it was neither, actually. I was just reaching out to people who I think I could convince to let me publish a blog post. Some of them were great fits in terms of the audience. Some of them weren't. Um, but in kind of hindsight, I, I didn't really do a good job selling myself or my services. So out of all of those blog posts, I think they were responsible for less than 10 or 15% of our total sales. It gave me good visibility and traffic, but I did not I did not see a lot of conversions. The conversions really came from my own database and my own connections and, and emails that I had amassed over the you know, previous five years of being a marketer that I had, I had quote unquote borrowed to then launch my, to launch my service. So at the end of the day, if I want to like boil down, I had a list. I, right. Granted, it wasn't built for Design Pickle, but I had a list. So that would be then my, to, if I was to do it all over again, I would spend a lot more time, like six months or, or however much time I could have pre-launch building my list in whatever way possible. Why, why do you think you would have to wait like six months building the list before you launch? Uh, you know, I just threw out that number. I, the second or I said it. Whatever, I, I, two I, months I, I was... or, you know, why, I mean, uh, I prefer to just launch like we just said and, and start be, building the list as we go. Well, I have no it, patience at all to wait. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that. So mathematically, the larger your list is, the more sales you're going to have. And what I found was... By having a decent list, when I launched, I generated enough cash that I could actually reinvest into new things like actual advertising and marketing. So it gave me a, a like a jump start that I think a lot of people who launch without a list don't get. Then you're just sort of like scraping by. I mean, I had <clears throat> I know it's not a lot, but I had six thousand dollars of sales my first month. So to go from zero to six thousand dollars in your bank account, then and I, you know, like that was huge. And the very next month we committed to a sponsorship with Infusionsoft with their conference here in Arizona. And then that leverage that grew us. And then that, you know, and we keep leapfrogging, but that costs actual dollars to do. Right. And so, you know, we just committed to a huge sponsorship in September with the digital marketer group um, with their new conference. Yeah, with their new conference, the the I think it's commerce and conversion or content and conversion. Commerce and conversion. Commerce and conversion? Uh -huh. Okay. Um, and like that's that's expensive for us. You know, that's that costs a lot of cash. And we are only able to market and do that because we've already generated cash. So you got to be pragmatic too. I think like people are like, oh, launch, 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 be lean, do this, be a startup. But at the end of the day, I'm also like, hey, make money, you know, like get money in the door so that you can actually invest and do other things and not just be bootstrapping it forever and ever and ever. Well, then based on that, I mean, I can imagine some people just thinking, oh, well, he had a list uh, from a long time. I'm just launching. I have no list right now. Um, what, what are you using right now that you think someone could actually use to start attracting clients like cold clients? Is there something that, that is driving growth for, for you right now? Um, that you think would work in your first month? Um, well, it's paid advertising. You paid know, advertising. We're, 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 we're visible. See, a decision like Design Pickle is not, it's not a tough decision. So that's, that's the one thing you got to measure. Like if you're launching a new product or service that 
your potential target audience has no experience buying. And I'll use inbound marketing for an example and think of like HubSpot and Infusionsoft and all this marketing automation. For a lot of people, that's a new choice. They've never had to buy that in the past. So you have to do a ton more work to convince them and teach them and educate them around the value of that. For us, we just do graphic design. Like we just design. So it's the question isn't do I need design or not? The question is, do I trust you or are you a good fit? So paid advertising works for us a lot better than if I was trying to sell some, you know, like I'll even say like if I was like a a, a, a 3D modeling infographic designer and I'm trying to convince you like, hey, you could communicate better with this really unique way to design things that you've never done. That might take a lot different strategy. So that's that's what we found in our experience. And that's why we're investing in events, too, because at an event, it's just like, hey, here's a new option. Do you want to use this or not? It's not it's I'm not trying to convince you about the value of design. I'm just trying to give you a fourth choice that either it's a fit or it's not. Right. So about your uh, advertising strategy today, what are you using, like retargeting? Just Facebook, all different kinds, you know, whether it's retargeting, whether it's just hammering out interests or creating like audiences. Uh, we've tested a little bit of Google ads. You know, that's a whole other beast. We're just yes. a small team. I don't. Tends to be much more expensive. <laughs> it's, yeah, just a lot. You got to spend a lot more money to see results. So, um, well, we're, we're just chunking along, trying to keep, 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 keep it simple and not try to overextend ourselves with too many options. Uh, so, um, how does your, your funnel, I mean, if you have a, an advertising funnel sort of like adds to people who have absolutely never heard from you before and adds to people who maybe have heard from you before or visited your website or how does it look that like? It's super simple. I mean, we just are like, you go to the site. If you know you want us, it's one click and you can get signed up. Um, if you're unsure, there's really two places we hope you go. First is to uh, our our sample work page, so you can just see the kinds of designs that we do, and we're very transparent about that. We don't like censor our sample work and only post the best design stuff, or at least what I would consider the best design stuff, because we want to be straightforward. That's one of our core values. It's like, look, some companies have really sophisticated brands, some don't. We don't care. We're just we're just trying to help those companies where they're at. Um, so taking a look at the work is is a lot of times where people will go and they they're like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and then I host I host uh, live webinars every week. Every where, week. Um, yeah, every week. And do you drive uh, now, traffic to those webinars from advertising? A little bit. You know, we've tested with retargeting. So if you come to the site and you then you're like, hey, do mm -hmm. do a webinar. So, uh, but, you know, we just don't have a ton of, I mean, that's one day what I want to try to figure out with Google is to try to build the traffic. So then we have more volume for the retargeting. But um, so how many how many attendees do you have to your webinars? It totally ranges. I mean, it could be. Like that actually show up or that register? That actually show up. Um, one to twenty. Like I think my most is twenty five. Okay. But I've had like over three hundred people register. Mm -hmm. So that's a big disconnect for us right now. And I, I'm I'm going to be updating that process too. Is like I really need to increase my attendance rate. And I think right now we're are there. We don't have an on demand option, and they're like really spread out. 
So it could be like eight days, seven days until the next one. So I think people are just <laughs> forgetting about it. Yeah, it's hard to, I mean, they have to, how long are your webinars? Like an hour? It's quick. It's 20 minutes and That's Q&A. Minutes, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, but still, you have to get people to, you know, put a, put aside 20 minutes just for you and listen to whatever you have to say. You know, I, it's not, it's not easy. I know it's not easy. I tried it before. Um, You have to do a lot of, a lot of follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. But, but, but there's it, a way. It, it's definitely, it's definitely like the, 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 what I have kind of is like the alpha version. Like it's really the first, the first t try at it. So it's long overdue for an update based off all the data that we have. Right. And uh, how many, how many new clients are you seeing every day from your retargeting efforts? Um, to be honest, I have no idea down to that detail. Uh, so we're signing up. I mean, it just goes in spurts. You know, we'll sign up zero people. We'll sign up five people a day. Like it just really is erratic in terms of where we're at. Um, the retargeting is while it's really effective, like our conversion values are through the roof and skyrocketed. We don't have enough traffic to like, there's a limit in terms of scaling that because eventually everyone's retargeted and we're just, we don't have new eyeballs to, to retarget. Right. So that, that's going to be kind of, I think the next strategy is like, how do we perhaps through Google build traffic, find new and, people. Yeah. And people content never heard of. Exactly. I mean, that's going to be, we're going to try to get more into content and just blogging better and, and all of that. Cause that's like a year long process of building traffic is just content, 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 content. Yeah, it so. is. It is. You know, it usually takes at least three months of intensive content before you start seeing something. Yeah. Like at least, you know, 10 people a day, 10 visitors. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> tough. Yeah. It's a long, it's a long term term game, but it pays off. If you're smart, It does pay off. Yeah. Okay, so before we go, I want you to talk about a little about the whole, um, the costume, the, the pickle costume and how, how you <laughs> use it because I've seen it and I love it. <laughs> yeah. So there's a real story. So the, everyone's like, you know, we've been talking a lot about branding, right? And when I had my agency, most of the companies we worked for were in the technology space. So the brands were pretty dry. Like it was really, really hard to convince someone to get too creative. We one time convinced this company that they needed to, con to change their kind of identity, visual identity to have like an owl mascot, like the bird. And that was a miracle that we pulled that off. Most people were very, very boring. So when I decided to start Design Pickle, I was like, in my mind, And it actually, I in high school and in grade school, I was a mascot as a part-time job. So I'd be at baseball games and pizza shops, and I would be the guy dressed up as whatever it was. So in my mind, I said, if if we create a good brand, there has to be the ability for, for me to dress up as some costume. And the only reason was because I just was so tired of the boring brands I had been working with that I wanted something super silly and funny where people would just see it. So I'm a huge personal fan of pickles. I just love pickles personally. And designpickle.com was available. So like a week after I registered the domain, I found a pickle costume on Amazon, which actually I can't find anymore. I think I got one of the last ones. And 
and that that then was the main strategy and kind of still is the main marketing strategy when we're at events is like there's a there's a grown man and I'm no longer the pickle I've retired I now have my employees do it but like there's <laughs> grown there's a grown man dressed up as a pickle handing out pickles this is so bizarre and then we just tell him, talk to him about design pickles so it it's worked amazingly and I highly recommend humor and being silly in any marketing strategy because most people don't do it. I mean, sometimes it's hard if you if you don't have humor or silliness into yourself, it's hard to do it. I mean, uh, I thank God for giving me uh, the gift of being very goofy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, because it does it works when when whenever you're trying to speak to people, connect with people or whether it is on your marketing efforts for meeting new people or whatever, you know, it's good to, you know, just don't be afraid to put yourself out there if, if, if you have it into you and just, you know, be silly, be goofy. Yeah. Well, and like at the end of the day, you buying, buying anything is a matter of trust. Like, do I trust you? The reason I could, I could go into a Costco or I go into a, uh, a store and buy something on a regular basis because I trust that store. Right. So humor is a very, very fast way to build trust, mm -hmm. like extremely fast. So if you only have an hour with somebody, most of the time the people you connect with the best are going to be the people who are lighthearted. They don't take themselves too seriously. You kind of feel comfortable around them. And then at the end of the day, what's really happening is you trust them. Like you, you are connected with them. The guy who's super silent and stoic or really serious he may be the most trustworthy, solid person in the world, but because you you didn't connect with them, you know, you just have suspicion about them. Right. That's wonderful. Well, Ross, man, thank you so much for the interview. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Um, where can people go to stay connected with you? Yeah, so I am primarily on the social, any social media handle, well, really Twitter and Instagram, which is just Russ Perry. I did have a, a brief uh, time on Snapchat during my trip to the Philippines, and my screen name is Design Pickle on that. I have not really done much since I've been back because I just don't have time for it. And then if you're at all interested in our services, checking us out, doing one of the live demos, just head over to designpickle.com and you'll get retargeted too. So that will be even awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Great. They'll see you around on Instagram or Facebook again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look out for, exactly. The, for the pickle guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, Great. once again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Well, well, well. Now, here's what I want you to do right now. Really. Go to Twitter. Tag me at Borjafat, B-O-R-J-A-F-A-T. And tell me what you thought of this interview. Go do it, really, right now. For everything mentioned on the show, head on over to rebelgrowth.com forward slash episode 66. Everything we mentioned is going to be there. Also, when you're doing the Twitter mention, make sure to tell me about your company and the different things you think could work this month to grow your company. We can get a conversation going and help you pick one to start growing it. So until next week, guys, go out, implement... And keep on going.